Um, before we go to the word of the Lord here, I would like to uh, bring your attention uh, once again that at our website, ourlifechurch.org, there's a link on there called the Timothy Project, named after Timothy right there. No, And we have put lessons on there, uh, Search for Truth Bible Study lessons, on video that Brother Berglund has recorded. And then there's a, uh, a link to a form that has questions that would question you on what you watched, listened to. And I think the lessons are around 20, 25 minutes long. Uh, also on there, we've added um, a, uh, a section, what I'm calling Kingdom Concepts. And... Uh, also, I, there's a financial session on there. Elder Hart had taught a uh, series on finance. And so, also, there's one on prophecy. That was the one I really wanted to give your attention to. Um, I may have mentioned to you, in my years, I've never really been interested in prophecy. And when I would begin to listen and hear somebody teaching on prophecy, well, Seemed like they were, there's so many voices with so much di different direction. And uh, everybody was so strong about their feelings on their own personal direction. It seemed like a point of contention too oftentimes. And so I just wasn't interested. A few years ago, I don't remember how many years ago now, we asked Brother Berglund to teach a series on prophecy. And I got to tell you. It was the most enjoyable prophecy series I've ever listened to because I could understand what he was saying. It just seemed like it was so easy to understand the way he taught it. And so that series is also on that page. Again, the Timothy Project at our website, ourlifechurch.org. I would encourage you to uh, set aside some time. You remember being a kid? Uh, when are we going to get there? How much longer? You know, you just got in the car, you're down the road five minutes, and how much longer? And so you had to, parents have to speak to their children in, uh, in relative dialogue to time slots. Sometimes my grandkids will ask me, is it as far as it is to Allensburg? Or is it as far as it is to Puyallup? You know, how long is it going to take? And so everything is time. And so if you talk to a child about down the road, you know, it, you don't talk months. Forget it. Don't even bring it up. If it's going to be a month down the road, you don't even share it. You know, if it's going to be like... Tomorrow, that's okay, right? Maybe this weekend, oh, you know. And then as we age, you know, that those time intervals get shorter and shorter, and so we can begin to talk a little way out. Now, I can remember in my late 20s, early 30s, sitting down at my job and them wanting to talk to me about a 401k retirement 
planned. I'm worried about getting groceries this week. And you're wanting me to make decisions about 25, 30 years down the road? Okay, yeah, all right, we'll, we'll try, you know. And it, it, to me, it wasn't a reality. Well, now it's a reality. <laughs> and I wish I would have paid closer attention at the time. But, you know, there were times when it was just difficult to maintain the household. And so you really couldn't project out a long ways. Okay? The, the more years that pass, your increments of time change in your thought processes. I remember watching brother and sister Leslie become, they were just seemed like more aware of those that were in their senior years. You know, the other people in their senior years because they were moving into their senior years. Now in our 60s, we understand that and we're sensitive to that and have been for a few years and, and really given it attention. But to the young person, that, you know, they're, they're just way out there. So it is that if you begin to talk to somebody about the hereafter, it's like, wait a minute, it all ends at the grave. You know, I'm conscious and concerned about all the things that are happening here now. And, you know, depending on how old you are, it's a car consuming your mind, getting a car, getting a license, getting a spouse, getting a house, getting a retirement. I'm sure there's other things. Oh, furniture. Yes, yes, furniture. <laughs> Clothes for some, yes. And so the things that, that take up our conscious thought are the things of the now. And the things of maybe just a little bit ahead, but not too far. And hardly any consciousness at all about what's beyond because our primary is concern is not going the other way you know save me get me out of here redeem me not a whole lot of thought if there's anything beyond that and the idea that all of this uh, molding shaping Developing training is what? To end it? To shut it all down? You know. I'd like to read at 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, starting at verse 50. Now, this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. 
neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Now, again, the majority of our attention is eaten up with the season between birth and death. But death is not the end. At death, we wait for the change. I want, I want you to think about this. Meditate on this a little bit and open up your thought processes to the idea that it's not all about the here. It's not all about the, the now. If this season is but a vapor, according to the word of God, yet it's here that we are in preparation for eternity. And what we will participate in in eternity. It can't be just a long eternal pause. Now, the scripture doesn't bear out a whole lot about it, but it does say it's true. And so we don't give a lot of thought to it, I, I don't suppose, unless we do. Unless we intentionally begin to think about the idea that this life is preparation for the rest of the life. The eternal life. The everlasting time. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised. So, those that have died and presumed to have come to an end are up again, are risen, are resurrected, are alive. So, therefore, it wasn't an end. It's a change. I watch people get all upset, all anxious, all uptight about coming to the end. To the place that they fear an end. They fear death. They see it as an end. The dead shall be raised incorruptible and shall be changed. Since I spent time in this scripture right here, it's changed every funeral I've been involved in. 
It was ever since Della Marie Cool passed away and we had to put off having a memorial at a graveside. And then when we did, the revelation came to me that death is not an end. No matter how much our carnal mind embraces the idea because all of the world communicates it. When it's over, it's over. But I'm telling you, it ain't over. And so if our mindset will be geared during this time that we are in preparation and we are readying for a season in a time when we will rule and reign with Him. For this corruptible, verse 53, must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Book of Revelations, chapter 5, verse 7. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, and tongue, and people, and nation, and has made us unto God kings, priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Now, we don't give a whole lot of attention to these areas. We give attention to just getting... Getting saved. Get, you know. It's the indwelling Holy Ghost. That when he returns. Will get me off the ground. We shall reign on the earth. Revelations chapter 20 at verse 1. And I saw an angel come down from heaven. An angel. One angel. 
having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years shall be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones and they sat upon them and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshipped the beast nor his image neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So what is he readying us for? Lay down on a cloud? I'm not trained playing a harp. Jesus spoke a lot to his believers in telling them, I have given to you authority over all manner of sickness and disease, over all the power of the enemy. And he has given us a season and time for the exercising of spiritual authority over the world that we still walk in in the now. Exercising. I hesitate to use the word practice. Participate. Exercise. Readying. Preparing. For a time when he can take it all away and just tell you, lay down, we're done. No. Whatever he has purposed in his foreknowledge of those things that are coming ahead. The saints of God will have an ongoing place and dominion. Listen to me. Not just in the heavenlies. On this earth. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ 
and shall reign with him a thousand years. How old are you now? Man, it took a long time to get 60. And shall reign with him. This is what's called the, the millennial reign, the thousand year reign. Now, I did a study of this this morning really early. Only to uh, learn that there are three different uh, not translations, but three different uh, thoughts regarding the, the millennial reign. There are some that just make it all spiritual. Well, that didn't fit. Read the rest of the scripture. I forget what the second one, that seemed to be as confusing as the first one, but the third one I read thought, that's what the Bible says. That's what I believe. Now, Daniel chapter 7 at verse 27. Isn't it interesting that Jesus often, when he was teaching, said, The kingdom of God is likened unto. The kingdom of God is likened unto. And then he would give a parable and share a story which would bring out a principle. And so he was sharing with mankind the principles and the kingdom concepts that operate in the heavenlies. Why would he share with that, that with us when we're walking here on the earth? If in part it's not for preparation to ready us, to know his precepts, to, to know kingdom principle and concepts. The kingdom of God is likened unto Daniel 7 and 27 and the kingdom and dominion, let me go back, and the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. What? And you just wanted to get in by the skin of your teeth. He has purposed. He has a plan. For the go forward that's so far forward we can't even imagine. And we dare hardly ever even entertain the idea. I want to read that again. I want you to read it with me. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Wasn't it Elder Flowers? It was... Quoting to us, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue 
on this earth is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Oh, it don't look that way now. But I'm telling you, there's changes that's coming upon this earth. It's not the time to lose hope. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. This is, oh, I got one more after that. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 at verse 1. Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust? You hire an attorney and you go to court of unbelievers? Uh Apostle Paul writing here to the church at Corinth. Let me, let me say this again, or let me read it again. Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? <laughs> Ooh, that's pretty straightforward, ain't it? What he just said was, you're going to hire an attorney before you sit down and counsel with the saints of God? Is that what it says? Interesting. Yes. Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? Oh, we got some busy times ahead. However, God is going to put this in place. And in play, we have a busy time ahead. And if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? Now there's a turning of the tables. Again, we don't, we don't attach these things to this life. We don't bring this kind of thought or concept or idea from the word of God into the now. Matter of fact, we hardly even entertain it at all. Because we're just trying to get the bills paid and, you know, get the kids raised and, you know, stay healthy and whatever until the end. Which is not the end, it's the change. We wait for the change. Some sleeping, some not. We wait for the change. That is the word of God. How much more things that pertain to this life. Second Timothy. Chapter 2 at verse 
12. It's just a repeat of things I've been saying, reading through this session. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. Just one more voice of affirmation and witness saying, we will spend time reigning with him. If he is going to, now, I'm not going to give you, I'm, I don't want to confuse you with a bunch of timelines, okay? In, I think in most many minds, what they understand or wait for is for him to return, take us away, and off we go into the abyss. Because we really don't know. But after his return is the millennial reign. Yes, there, there does speak of a season when there is a new heaven and a new earth. I don't believe that's in the millennial reign. That's later when that change comes. But it also talks about the earth burning up with a fervent heat. I don't know the timeline of those things. All I know is it doesn't end. It doesn't end. The soul of a man is eternal. Now, some men's sins go ahead. Some follow after. When, when we've been baptized in Jesus' name, those sins are dealt with. Once we've been baptized in Jesus' name and we sin, we confess our sin to our Father and He is able and just to forgive us our sins. So therefore, those sins go ahead. They go ahead. They go ahead. When they're not, they follow after. Every man will stand before the white throne judgment. Now's the time. Aren't you glad? Somebody came along in your life and shared with you the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the redemptive plan of the blood of Christ could wash your sins away and ready you and prepare you. The idea of us walking in the Spirit in the now is to follow His voice, His leading, because He's readying us for a time a long time to rule and reign with him. Elder Flower. I'm going to say again one thing that Bishop said. This is what we need to hear tonight. 
the end is not the end. It's the, who else was listening? The change. The end is not the end. It's the change. If you go back to where he started in 1 Corinthians 16, I just want to show you this quickly. This is not the focus of the ministry tonight, but I want you to see this because it helps. It answers some questions. He mentioned a funeral and, and how the Lord used that to, te to teach. Um, it was over a year ago, I was at the, the funeral of my grandmother, and one of my uncles read these scriptures, and 35-year-old uh, me, Pentecostal me, raised in church, learned at my grandmother's funeral what this chapter says. Verse 35, But some man will say, How are the dead raised up, and with what body do they come? What kind of body does a person have when they are raised? I think that's a legitimate question. Especially, you know, when you think about, well, what, what were the conditions that somebody passed away in? I mean, they, some of them, many of them, they lived until they were in their very elder years and got so sick and weak and feeble. Is that what they're going to be like, you know? Or are they going to go back to the, the glory days of their late teens and early 20s when they were their strongest? And we don't see that either. What we see here, uh, let me just give you the imagery quickly. As different as an acorn is from an oak tree is how different the body will be from the time that it's buried in the ground to w what it is when it's raised. You, and Paul says this here. We, we sow, but we don't expect to just get more seeds. No, we expect that to change into something. Verse 36, Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but bare grain. If bare grain, it may chance of wheat or of some other grain. You're going to sow a bare grain and expect it to grow into a stalk of grain. You're going you're gonna to plant apple seeds and expect it to grow into apple trees. You're going to, this is a, this is a, Universal truth from the beginning of time, he said it in Genesis, after its own kind. Each seed bearing fruit after its own kind. Verse 38, but God giveth it a body as it hath pleased him. And to every seed his own body. All flesh is not the same flesh. But there is one kind of flesh of men, another flesh of beasts, another of fish, 
another of birds. There are celestial bodies, bodies terrestrial. The glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars, for one star differeth from another star in glory. Did you even know that? They all look the same to me. I mean, I can tell which one's the sun and which one's the moon, but every other star, Paul says, they differ one to another to another to another. 42, so also is the resurrection of the dead. So also is the resurrection of the dead. When a dead, when a person dies, when they resurrect, like we've heard about tonight, they, are, they will be different. The change. That's just the start of the change. It's sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It's sown in dishonor. It's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. It's raised in power. It's raised in power. It's sown a natural body. Watch this. It's raised a spiritual body. And that term is not one that we are very familiar with. Admittedly, me speaking. A spiritual body that defies most everything that I ever think when I think about flesh and spirit. It's a spiritual body. Is that what it says? There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first, which is spiritual, but which is natural. And afterward, that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. And is as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. At, I'm almost done. As is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. This verse sums it up. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. That's the change. That's the start of the change. This promise is to those that, as the scripture calls them, are the dead in Christ. The dead in Christ shall rise. The Lord gave me this, I think, as an answer to some questions a while back. He said, the only way that you can be dead in Christ is to be living in Christ at the time you died. You're not going to die outside of Christ and then somewhere in this pause of time wiggle your way over into Christ. 
You're either in Christ or you're not. Living or dead. And raised. Let me just, this is, I'm not trying to take any more time, but I'm really not a movie buff. I don't watch a lot. I've seen a few. And there seems to be a fat, it's been a, a long time, as long as there's been movies pretty much, but it seems to be picking up here more more so in the last decade. There's the idea of the post-apocalyptic scene. This movie or this book is set in a post-apocalyptic setting. Now, the Lord just asked me the question when I was sitting here, do any of those stories, any of those books, any of those movies, have you ever seen what was preached here tonight? <laughs> oh yeah, we got the, hmm, I want to say the title. Can I say it? We got the Hunger Games over here, and it's after everybody, the world's blown up, and now, you know, they're all find this one little setting over here, and they start a new culture and a new life. And then here come the mighty saints of God to judge and rule on the earth. You've never seen that, have you? If it, it, it may be out there. I mean, there's enough out there. It might, it might be. But it's not in anything I've ever seen or heard or read. To me, that just shows how far off Hollywood and authors and everything else how far they are off from this, from the truth. But we, as humans, in our own human nature, we are, we are drawn to things so far out. Oh, I, could, I can just imagine. I'm, I'm stocking up. I'm going to be the one that survives. I'm going to be the one that runs over here or over there. Or, or I'm, I'm searching for the place, the, the vast uh, expanse in Idaho that nobody would ever find me. And I'm going to build my bunker. Why even go there? First of all, first of all, why even go there? But we're, it's, it's just a part of our human nature to be entertained by such. And to entertain such. Somebody needs to write a book about what really happens. I mean, it's already written right here. The closest we ever got, I think, was in what, late 90s, early 2000s, and that whole left behind, you know? That was a craze for a little while, but it never really approached what we're talking about tonight. But we, it, it's so true. We get so caught up with our allotted time, whether it be 50, 60, 70, 80 years, and we live in that realm we think in that realm. We plan for that realm. And never even give thought to what is 60 years compared to first 1,000 and second eternity. The Lord will help us. I believe he will. 
Why don't we stand? Lord, I thank you for the truth that you're speaking to us here tonight. I thank you for the truth of your word, the privilege that we have, God, to know your word, to read and see our part in your word and in your kingdom. God, I'm thankful that you would choose us. I'm thankful, Lord, that you would choose us, God. And as you put your Holy Spirit in us, God, you make us sufficient. You make us qualified, Lord, by your work, by the work of your spirit. Lord, I believe it. I put my trust in it tonight. I put my trust in it tonight, Lord Jesus. God, every answer, it comes from you. You're the source of all knowledge and all wisdom. God, you're the source of my faith. Jesus, you're the source of the walk of this life. God, every moment that you've given us, I'm thankful for it, Lord God. Prepare me, Lord. Come on, just make that your prayer for a minute. Prepare me, Lord. Prepare me, Lord, for this change. Prepare me, Lord, for this change that you would do in my life. God, I pray it tonight. I pray it tonight, Lord Jesus. I thank you for strength and understanding. I thank you for grace and mercy, Lord. I'm thankful for your plan, your mighty plan that you have. God, that supersedes every thought that I could have, every imagination that I could have, Lord. I thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Prepare me, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord Jesus. I want to be ready, Lord God. I want to know you in a deeper way. I want to know the truth of your word, God. I want to know the truth of your spirit. You are the source of all knowledge, God. You are the source of all. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I want this to be a revelation to me. I want it to be a part, Lord, of the wisdom that I wake up with and that I know and that I live and I spend my day with, knowing, Lord, that you are just preparing us. Knowing that you are just preparing us, Lord God, to live as Christ. Hallelujah. To live as Christ. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, my Father. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray, let me view every decision that I'm faced with, God. Every decision that I'm faced with, let me view it in this light. God, let me view it with this understanding. Let me view it with this knowledge imparted in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, God. I thank you for it, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the truth, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the eternal work of your spirit. Thank you for the eternal truth of your word. 
I have a hope, Lord, it's not in this world. I have a hope, God, and it's not in this life. As Paul said, if in this life only I had hope, I would be most miserable. God, but my hope is not in this world. My hope is in you, Jesus. My hope is in your word. My hope is in the life that you have prepared for me beyond this life. I'm thankful, Jesus. I'm thankful, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. I'm encouraging you. Look for opportunities to share this. It's truth. What we've heard tonight is truth. Amen. And it needs to be shared. It's not just for us in the room. It is for all of us in the room tonight, but it's for more. It's his word. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed.